Hello, New York Giants fans. Welcome back to the Everything New York Giants podcast with New York Giants fangirl. That's me, Adriana, your host. And Giants football is officially back. We watched our first game of the season on Friday night, the Giants versus the Lions in Detroit. I know it was preseason, but there were some really good takeaways, some good things and some bad things that we saw during the game. So let's go ahead and go through it and talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. I want to start with the good because there is quite a lot of it. And, you know, of course, this team is rusty. It's the first time that they're playing football, first time they're playing against another team. So, you know, I think we expected some of the flags and and miscommunications and things like that. And obviously over the next two weeks, we all expect that those things are going to get fixed and improved upon before the start of the regular season. So what I'm going to do here is go through some of the statistics and then we'll go ahead and break it down player by player. So for those of you who watched the game, we know that Tyrod Taylor got in there just for a little bit for a few series. He went three for four for seven yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, I don't think anyone's worried about Tyrod. So getting him in there, getting some good playing time, you know, the couple series that he had, I think was more than enough. We all obviously knew that Daniel Jones was not going to play. Now, Brian Dable did say recently after the game that Jones will get some sort of playing time during preseason. So I don't know if that'll be this week or it'll be next week, but expect to see Daniel Jones in there for probably just a series, maybe not so much more than that. So the next player that we have to talk about is quarterback Tommy DeVito. Now, some of you guys may know this about me, but I actually grew up in Bergen County. I'm from Ramsey, which is where Don Bosco is, um, which is where Tommy Sweeney went, who is one of the Giants tight ends right now. And him and Tommy DeVito are both Bosco boys. So I know a lot of us, I talk with a lot of you in my DMs who are also from North Jersey and who are rooting for the Bosco guys. And I love it. Listen, we all love a hometown story. If you're a Yankees fan, you probably love Anthony Volpe as much as I do and as much as everyone else from New Jersey is. You got to love the hometown story. So DeVito came out and he looked pretty good. Now, I'm not going to come out here and say that he's battling Tyrod for quarterback number two. We can all agree that that's not what's going to happen. But the reality is, is that he's probably going to end up on the practice squad and he's going to be the Giants quarterback. Now, I think what all of us want to get out of Tommy DeVito is that he's a better quarterback than Mike Lennon and Jake Fromm. And in the off chance that something happens to Jones and Tyrod again, like we've seen in previous years, we want to know that Tommy DeVito knows the offense enough. He can scramble. He can do the things that he needs to do to finish out the game and get the team a win. So he had 15 completions out of 24 for 155 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. Overall, I think a good game for him. Obviously, it's his first time playing in the NFL. The pace of the game and the speed and everything is a lot faster than what these guys are used to. You know, when we talk about these rookies, there's a lot coming at them at once, and they're going to make mistakes. But like Dable says, and like I think all of us feel, you know, whether we're an NFL football player or not is – when you make a mistake is to not do it again, right? So hopefully we want to see them improve upon it and fix it. So 
Let's go through some rushing yards here. Now, obviously, Jones didn't play. Barkley didn't play. Um, Matt Breida played very little. And we saw a lot more from some of these other backs. So Joshua Corbin had three carries for 40 yards, averaging 13.3 per carry. DeVito, four carries for 11 yards, 2.8 per carry. James Robinson looked pretty good. Six carries for nine yards, one and a half average per yard. And Eric Gray, I want to talk about him for a second. He had five carries for nine yards, 1.8 average per carry. Now, Gray got a lot more opportunities at kickoff return. I think that's what we all were mostly expecting to see from him. You know, some of them were good. Some of them are not so good. But again, like I will say with all of these rookies is, you know, obviously the good stuff is great. We want to see them expand upon that. And we want to see them, you know, practice after practice and game after game, you know, get rid of some of the not so great stuff. So, you know, I think I don't know how many of us as Giants fans I can speak for when I say things like, I don't need the kickoff or punt returner to return touchdowns every time. Would it be amazing? Yeah, but that's not the reality of the NFL. And, you know, I think everyone who watched the whole game, we saw the way the Lions went ahead and returned that kickoff return. But I think we all know just that it's not the reality for most of the guys who are either kickoff or punt returners. So would I like to see Eric Gray do that? Of course. Do I expect that from him? Not at all. I want him to hold on to the ball and get a couple yards forward and maybe get us in better field position than we were in prior to the kick. So, I, I mean, that's how I feel about the kickoff return and just not get hurt. Like, as long as Adoree Jackson is not back there, I don't really care who it is. And if Eric Gray is going to continue to do it, good. Just hold on to the ball. That's all I really ask for. Tyrod had two carries for seven yards, averaging three and a half. Khalil Pimpleton, one for four, averaging four yards. And then Matt Breda only had, had the one carry for one yard. So, um, you know, overall, pretty good for the backs. I actually was pretty impressed with Joshua Corbin. I feel like, you know, in the last couple of weeks, especially coming out of camp, he really hasn't been talked about a lot. You know, the big concern and the focus has obviously been on guys like Gray and James Robinson, but I feel like Joshua and Corbin did a pretty good job and looks good out there. Had some good runs, um, you know, averaging 13 yards per carry. He was the leading rusher. So um, I like that. I like to see that from him. And, you know, of course, we'll see what happens. I think he's probably going to end up being a practice squad guy, but you never know. Um, all right, let's move over to receiving and for me, I think the biggest surprise coming out of the receivers in this game, we obviously know that Slayton didn't play, Shep didn't play, of course, Mondale didn't play. Um, and some of those big time receivers, you know, Darren Waller, Paris Campbell, the guys that we expect to be big time receivers when the season starts, you know, obviously didn't play this week. So, you know, I'm sure a lot of you are not going to be surprised when I tell you who the leading receiver is is especially if you've really been paying attention the last year or two over camp you know that he is the camp superstar i don't know what happens during the regular season but when he's in camp he is just one of the better players on the field now this year it's been a little bit different because there's been a lot more competition at wide receiver but david sills had two receptions for 36 yards averaging 18 yards per reception and i mean i just I'm, I'm surprised by that, but I guess maybe I shouldn't be that surprised because of how he does in camp. And listen, we all know that David Sills is not going to make this team. He's probably going to end up being a practice squad guy, you know, if he really is impressive in these next couple games going against the rest of these receivers. But for me, the guy who is most surprising is Cole Beasley. And the reason I say that is because 
when he was signed by the Giants, I just felt like he was another practice body and he was in there to compete, but like realistically, was he going to make the team with guys like Shep and Wandale and Paris Campbell be and Jalen Hyatt all being really good slot receivers? I'm just like, I just didn't think that Cole Beasley was, was really going to be in the competition. And I don't know, guys, I'm feeling differently now. He had four receptions for 33 yards, averaging eight yards a carry. And not only that, he has looked really good in practice. And we all know he's a typical slot guy. He's good for those four, five, six yard slants. But he seems like he's got a really good connection with all of these quarterbacks so far. We know that him and Jones have have looked pretty good at camp so far. But I just feel like he is really going to make a run at the slot position. And I know it's not going to be over someone like Jalen Hyatt. And if Wandale's healthy and can play week one, it's not going to be over him. But I just am like, it's, I think it's going to come down to him and Shep. And it's going to be really interesting. But another guy that we have to throw in the mix is Jamison Crowder because he was right behind Cole Beasley with two receptions for 32 yards, averaging 16 a carry. And, you know, Crowder, there was a lot of talk about him earlier on in OTAs before he had that little injury and he was out the last few weeks. And, you know, I saw him play in the game and just felt like he's another guy who looked really good. He has the special teams aspect that guys like Beasley and Shep and Wandale don't really have. So he's going to have that as an edge over them. I just, I really don't envy the coaching staff because the slot position is really competitive. And there's a lot of guys, there's at least three or four of them who look really good. And I just don't know what it's going to come down to. I I think what I feel like is based on of all of these guys, Beasley, Crowder, Shep, Wanzale. I mean, you have to feel good about any one of them stepping in, right? I know it's a preseason game, but the fact that they made great catches, I mean, some of Crowder's catches were really beautiful. And his runs, he's got good hands. I, I don't know. I just, I feel really good about all of them and will not, I mean, I think, I would be disappointed if Shep doesn't make the team. We all love Sterling Shepard. How could you not? But if he doesn't make it because someone like Beasley or Crowder took his place, I think you feel like at least there's a good talent stepping in at that position. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. These are guys that I would say that we should continue to watch over the next couple of weeks because I don't believe there's any cuts before Carolina. So, you know, these guys have one more week to really impress. And then with the cuts looming over their heads, it's going to be... It's going to be interesting, that's for sure. Khalil Pimpleton had two receptions for 15 yards. Tommy Sweeney, one for 14. Isaiah Hodgins, one for 13. Now, I actually was kind of surprised that Hodgins even got in there, but he didn't get to play the whole season with the Giants last year because he came in in November. So maybe that was their thinking just to kind of put him out there and see how he does. I love Hodgins. I think he's going to be a big time receiver for the Giants this year. And one catch for 13 yards, like those are the kind of receptions that I want to see out of him during the regular season. Eric Gray, they used a little bit in the receiving game too. Two catches for 10 yards. Ryan Jones, one for 10. Mickens, one for six. Corbin, one for negative three. And Hyatt, one for negative four. Now, Hyatt didn't get as much playing time as I expected that he was going to. Um, So keep an eye on him this week because I think there's a possibility that we see more out of him this week. But Hyatt's a guy that I'm really not worried about at all. And I don't really think that most of us probably are at this point. So 
I'm excited to see more from Hyatt. And I think he's is snap level is going to slowly increase in the next few weeks. I think we all also knew that week one, Jalen Hyatt was maybe not going to be a starter just because of the competition at wide receiver and the fact that he's rookie. He's a rookie. Could that change? Yes, we will see. Let's move over to the defense because I feel like the defense for the most part was the star of the show. And I think that we can probably all agree that the worst part um, was special teams. And honestly, special teams with some of the ones and twos looks pretty good in the beginning of the game, but giving up that punt return was just like, Oh my God, here we go. Um, but listen, it's the threes. I mean, that, that meme of Dable eyeing down McGahee was comical. I think we all probably were giving the same face to him. And, you know, Dable has obviously more of a right to be pissed, but I'm just like, it's the third string. Like I, I kind of am like, what did you expect in a sense? But also, you know, these guys have a lot higher expectations for the players. So that's why they're the coach. All right. Continuing on in the defense, let's talk about Trey Hawkins because, my God, this guy, everyone who is a cornerback on this team should be concerned about him taking their position because he came out of nowhere in camp. And I think, you know, going into a preseason game, you're like, yeah, whatever, it's preseason. But you're also like, mm, this guy's a six-round pick. Like, is he really going to show up in an actual game regardless of the fact that it's preseason versus what he's just done at camp and you know seeing the same players over and over again he had four tackles one assist no sacks no interceptions but the way that he was able to keep up with the receivers even someone like Jamison Williams who's super fast he was able to match him the entire route and I think that says a lot about Hawkins he's accelerating quickly and he's really learning the game very quickly. And I think that we can all say that we probably didn't expect that from him coming out of Old Dominion as a sixth round pick. But my God, he is exciting to watch. He's fun to watch. And he's going to be a guy that over the next two weeks that I'm really going to hone in and focus on because I think that he's just only going to get better. And I also think that, you know, this is a reminder that our coaching staff is incredible. The talent is one thing, but the coaching staff is another. And what they've been able to do is just amazing. So the next thing I want to talk about is Bobby McCain, who also had four tackles and one assist. And so did Tashawn Bauer, who two guys that seemingly came out of nowhere, who you didn't hear a lot about at camp. They weren't really battling it out with the ones, weren't really making a ton of plays. Like you were hearing about Hawkins and Banks and Adoree and, you know, Cordell Flott and Holmes and those type of guys. But you really didn't hear a lot from McCain or Bauer. And again, I mean, I really like the fact that I think preseason has really brought on a different competitive edge for all of these types of players with like, yeah, camp is one thing and I'm learning, you know, how Wink runs the defense and all of that kind of stuff. And then they get thrown in the game and they're like, well, it's now or never, you know? So uh, I really appreciate that about a lot of these guys. And I got to say, if the defense shapes up the way that we all think it's going to be, it's going to be a top 10 in the league. And I just really hope that the health is going to be the number one, that these guys can stay healthy. And the execution, of course, is number two. But I just have a lot of confidence in them. And I feel really good about it. Um, so I'm not going to run through the whole list here because there's a lot of guys that we can talk about on the defense. But I really just want to highlight a few of them. And I think we can all agree that overall, this defense is shaping up to be pretty good. Um, we got to start with Jason Pinnock. I mean, 
he was having a really great camp and going into camp, there were a lot of questions about who's going to get the safety spot next to Xavier McKinney. We already know he's locked in as safety number one, but is safety number two going to be him or Belton? And both of these guys came out and played really well. I think Pinnock has just won the starting job. He's just done enough at this point, and the coaching staff knows him enough. He's a vet, and he really just has a good grasp on what he should be doing on the field at all times. So he was in for only three snaps, okay? That's it. And on those three snaps, this is what he did. He had an interception, he had a tackle for loss, and he matched the tight end Sam Laporta, punched the football out of his hands to force a turnover. So, I mean, to do those things in three snaps, like, if you're the coach, you're just like, I've seen enough out of this guy, he's good. So, makes sense that they pulled him early on, he did what he needed to do, and he did excellent. So, you know, he was a guy that I was not super excited about. He played well last year, but... I mean, how could you not be excited about him at this point? I feel like, you know, we're probably not going to see a lot of him at, over the next couple of weeks in preseason, but what we're going to see out of him in the regular season, I think is going to be exciting. And I just can, am excited to see him continually develop. So I think that can be one of the questions that we maybe can remove from our heads at this point, that uh, it's probably going to be Pinnock and McKinney as the starting safeties. And Wink, you know, is probably going to use some three safety sets here and there. And I think when we see that, Belton is going to end up being the third because he's another guy who had a really great game. He also had an interception. So the Giants had two interceptions. He had one of them. He had an interception last year as well. I want to see him continue to expand about that. He's got pretty good hands and he has done a really good job of following the quarterback's reads and knowing what they're going to do. And I think, you know, we haven't seen that a lot from some of the guys who played the safety position or the corner over the last four years, you know, Adoree's good at it too, but to see someone like Belton step in and be able to do that and then to be able to grow upon that is really exciting. I have loved Belton since day one. I'm sure you guys have heard me rave about him and I was devastated when he got hurt. So I just feel like this year is going to be his comeback year and we're going to see a lot of really good from him and that excites me. Now, we have to go back to the rookies for a second because you know we have to talk about Tay Banks. And, you know, I just, I just always warn people, like, read everything that you see on Twitter or X or whatever the hell you want to call it. I'm going to call it Twitter. Um, you know, you, you saw a lot of things in the beginning of camp that Banks was struggling and, you know, maybe having a hard time learning the defense or whatever it was, you know, having a hard time keeping up with the receivers and whatever. He's a rookie, okay? Like, give him a day. Give him a little bit of time to figure it out. And I hope that everyone who watched the preseason game, if you haven't watched it, go back to it for a second and or just watch some highlights or whatever. You're going to see that Banks has figured it out, and he's going to be fine, okay? In 22 snaps, he had three targets and zero catches allowed. And I don't care if you say, oh, it's only preseason, blah, blah, blah. He stayed stride for stride with Jamison Williams, just like Trey Hawkins III did, and he showed great coverage so far. And again, this is the beginning, guys. He's a rookie. So he had a really great start. Now what we want to see him do is against the Panthers on Friday. We want to see him do it again, and can he take it up a level? These are the things that we're looking for. And I just feel like Banks is, is he's going to be that guy. And 
you know, maybe it's a little bit of wishful thinking, but I, I just think the fact that we've seen such drastic improvement in such a short amount of time, again, it goes back to the coaching staff, but I just think they've got it figured out and, and it has to go to the front office too, because the fact that they are picking guys like Tay Banks, like, um, Jervarius Owens, who we're going to talk about in a second and Trey Hawkins, the third, who are just coming in here as rookies and making plays. I, I just like, what else could you ask for? So, um, anyway, I feel really good about him. Let's talk about Jervarius Owens, who's another guy that had a couple past deflections during camp. I believe that he had an interception or two. He's another guy who does a really good job of reading the quarterback well. And again, not an easy skill to have and something that I think we're going to see him continue to do. So he's another guy that I expect to see a lot of on Friday night. I think we're going to see a lot of him in Belton. We're Probably not going to see any pinup. We're going to see those two guys in the safety position. Obviously, no McKinney. Um, so those are the guys that I would say really keep your eye on because I'm expecting more from them. Someone else we can talk about is Alex Cook, who was an undrafted defensive back. He's another guy who looked competent playing out there. Is he going to be able to battle it out for a spot? I'm not so sure, but he's going to have the opportunity on Friday probably to get more snaps and see what he can do. Someone else I want to talk about is Tomon Fox, and he was an undrafted free agent last year. And he came in and made some big plays last year. And he's a guy that I just feel like is really going to expand upon that this year. And I know we have a lot of concerns with the edge position, right? We know we've got Kayvon, we know we got Aziz, who have the potential to be two of the best pass rushers in the NFL. But... We all know that Aziz also is injury prone. And if Aziz goes down, I don't think anyone feels extremely confident about having someone like O'Shane Zimenez or um, Jihad Ward rushing the passer because they're just not, you know, those aren't the skills that they are best at. And Zimenez had one quarterback hit during the game on Friday. He looked like he was getting there. He was getting closer to getting pressure on the quarterback. I just... I think that this is what his fourth or maybe fifth year in at this point. I just am not sure. I don't think he's going to make this team. Um, I think it's going to be someone like Tomon Fox who comes in here and just continues to impress and eventually make his way up to that spot. And I would like to see him over Zimenez for sure. I think we probably all agree on that fact, but He's a guy, he had two pressures during the game. One of those pressures led to Pinnock's interception. So the fact that he's getting to the quarterback, he's growing on what he did last year. He also did well in the run game. Again, the improvement is what we're continually looking for. So he, was, he wasn't one of those guys that I really focused on on Friday night, but he is going to be a guy that I am going to focus on this week because I really believe that he is going to have every opportunity to make this team. And, you know, he did a good job last year. He's only approving upon it this year. Don't get break. Not sponsored. I'd like it to be. Um, all right. Another guy that we have to talk about is Baldonado. Again, this is okay. I We need to talk about this for one second because I think that the Gettleman versus Joe Shane debate has come to a conclusion. Um, if it hasn't, all of the guys that I just named are pickups. They're either drafted by Joe Shane undrafted free agents that the team signed or their Jason Pinnock was just 
a guy like Isaiah Hodgins that they just picked up off the side of the road and signed and came in here and made plays. So um, Dave Gettleman never did that. So let's just, that debate is done. I know you're going to say, well, Jones got a second contract and Barkley got a second and Dexter Lawrence. Okay, big whoop. Andrew Thomas. I mean, the guy had 32 draft picks. I mean, there's there's more bad to talk about than good. And when I talk about Joe Shane and I talk about him so, I speak of him so highly because no one knew who Baldonado was. No one knew who Tomon Fox was a year ago. Alex Cook, like all of these undrafted free agents are just coming in and just saying, okay, well, give it a shot. Let's see what you got. And if the coaching staff is doing what they're doing and they continue to do that, someone like Tomon Fox could easily be our third edge rusher. Easily. So, you know, Hottie's only on one year deal. If Hottie's out next year, which I know we all want Hottie to be a giant forever, um, in the chance that he's not, you know, you got to feel good about someone like Tomon Fox developing and being able to take over that spot. Anyway, Baldonado had one sack, one quarterback hit, a tackle for a loss, and a pass deflection. Now, he would have had another sack if he didn't get the roughing the passer call. So, obviously, something that he's going to work on. He's young. This was his first NFL game. He's going to figure it out. But what we saw on Friday is proof that he can navigate the traffic and he can win the battles on his way to the quarterback. When you get a sack, a quarterback hit, a tackle for loss and a pass deflection and almost another sack, like he's got it figured out and he's going to continue to figure it out. So I'm not worried about him at all. I'm actually now like really excited about him. Again, another guy that's like literally coming out of the woodwork that I'm just like, I mean, these videos I make about players to talk about are just going to go on and on for the next two weeks because there's there's so many players that we just have to focus on, um, which is a wonderful problem to have. So um, we're going to wrap it up with the defense in a minute. Um, the, I really don't have a ton that I want to talk about on offense because we didn't, you know, I went through some of the stats before. The wide receiver competition is ongoing. It's a battle that we're going to continue to see over the next two weeks. And, you know, as we wait to find out about Wandale, uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how things play out. And, you know, when you don't see guys like Darren Waller on the field and Bellinger and, um, you know, Barkley, like all of these guys that are our starters, you know, it's fun to watch the second team guys, but you know, I think we all have enough confidence in someone like Matt Breida that, you know, if Barkley happens to go down, knock on wood or anything like that, that we have a serviceable back who can take over. So um, for me, I think the defense was a little bit more exciting to watch this game just because there were so many good things that came out of it and so many players that, like I said, came out from under the woodwork and had themselves a nice game. Um, they just feel good about knowing they get to see them play again on Friday. One of those guys is Micah McFadden. Now, Darian Beavers did not suit up and he did not play. And I don't really know the reason for that. Dable didn't really talk about it. I think that they were managing his workload, which is what they've been doing with a lot of guys. And, you know, he's been having a really good camp. He did. He is coming off an ACL injury last year. So I'm sure that that's part of it. Just like Shepard gets off days and Hottie gets off days and Dexter, like all of these players are getting off days. So I think that that might've just been it. So Beavers and McFadden are going to be two guys that I'm really going to keep my eyes on again this week. I really feel like the two of them are just, battling it out for that spot opposite Okurake. And the way that I feel is that both of them 
are good options. They're not as good as Bobby Okurike, but they're young and they have the the uh, coaching staff to help them improve to get to that level, both only in their second year. And, you know, McFadden played well. He was good. Again, another guy good at reading the situations, good at the blitz um, and able. I saw a really great play on a recap today when he was able to just kind of stuff the running back. So looking forward to seeing more from that, more of that from him. We all know that stopping the run is a big problem for Giants. It was. Hopefully it's not going to be this year. Um, Okay. Last thing is I want to talk about Wink because um, he blitzed on 13 of the 23 first half coverage snaps. So a lot of them were man-on-man defense, you know, with a little bit of help here and there. So what I liked about that is kind of what we've talked about before with what Dable does at camp and Wink has done the same thing is he's basically just throwing the rookies or whoever's out there playing the situation and just seeing how they do. And like we already talked about, you know, Banks and Hawkins really held up pretty well. So we're going to continue to see that from Wink and I'm excited to see how that um, expands over the next few weeks. So I'm going to round this out with the offense. I think the biggest thing that we need to talk about is the offensive line. And we're going to talk about the good first because John Michael Schmitz is another rookie who played the entire first half and he did really well. I think people should be feeling optimistic. I know there's concerns that he's a rookie center, you know, and this, that, and the other, he's going to get a lot of playing time over the next two weeks. He already got a lot of playing time week one preseason. So, you know, we're going to continue to see that he had 19 pass block snaps in those 19 snaps, zero pressures allowed. So I think overall, we should probably be feeling a little bit more confident in John Michael that he's going to do a pretty good job at center out there. And again, we'll continue to see him grow and develop over these next few weeks. But he's a guy that I'm super excited about. You know, coming off a game like that, you got to feel like, okay, maybe I'm not as concerned about him as I should be. And we can all decide that on week one versus the Cowboys. But until then, I think we should all have a little bit of restored confidence in us. Now, on the flip side of that, the tackle situation is uh, concerning, to say the least, Obviously not for Neil and Thomas. Now, we know that those guys, Neil should be fine. Um, He's actually practicing today. He's just doing non-contact. Will we see him on Friday? I'm not so sure yet. They might just take it really slow with him, but we'll find out uh, later on in the week. The problem is their backups because Corey Cunningham, Wyatt Davis and Matt Pert were all not very good. And, you know, they weren't playing against the ones. And I think I talked about last week that I felt confused because I was hearing good things about Matt Pert and was like, should I believe this? Like, is this really happening? We've seen a lot of bad Matt Pert over the last year or so. Um, And he was the best of the three of them, but that's not really saying a lot because none of them were very good. So I don't, I mean, it's concerning. Yes, I think we will all probably be a little bit 
concerned about it um, over the next few weeks. But we will see as the cuts happen, if the Giants bring anyone in to battle it out with those guys, if they're going to try and, you know, move some people over. I know that Lemieux has been playing at guard. I mean, do I want to see him in a tackle? Probably not. So I, I don't really know what the best answer is, but maybe we can all keep our fingers crossed that they're going to bring in someone who's gotten cut throughout the preseason, you know, and we can get rid of Cunningham and Davis and bring in someone else who's maybe just a little bit better. So I will keep you posted if I hear anything like that, if they make any signings, um, especially in uh, regards to the tackle position. So the last thing that we can talk about is the game on Friday. The preseason game is at home. It's at MetLife Friday night at 7 p.m. The Giants are taking on the Carolina Panthers. And like I said, I mean, we have the benefit of a lot of young talent looking good so far, and we want to see them expand on that. So there's a lot of guys that I'm going to be keeping my eyes on. A lot of the same guys that we saw last week, like someone like Jalen Hyatt, how much playing time is he going to get this week versus last week? Are we going to see more of him? So he's someone that I'm going to be keeping my eyes on. Obviously, John Michael Schmitz, we want to see him continue to grow. Um, someone else who looks pretty good last week is Jordan Riley, who I didn't even touch on, who's a defensive tackle, who was a seventh round pick, who overall held up pretty well as a rookie. So is he going to expand upon that this week? Tomon Fox, Micah McFadden, Darian Beavers, um, Jason Pinnock's probably not going to play, but there are just a ton of guys. Like, I mean, how do you not watch Cole Beasley and Jamison Crowder and, you know, all of these other guys? Like, there's, there's, I think, just a lot of excitement that I feel as a fan to know that look at all of these position battles we have, look at the talent. Like, they're not, they may not all be Eagles level talent, but it doesn't mean that they can't play above the talent level that they're, uh, like quoted at or whatever, you, you know what I mean? Um, so I don't know. I think, I think, you know, the biggest thing that I have gotten so far in this off season, and I said it last year, but I just, it amazes me week in and week out during, you know, training camp. And so far during the preseason that this coaching staff, I mean, it's just night and day versus what we've seen since Tom Coughlin. So, you know, to feel really good about the coaching staff and feel like, okay, like, you know, these guys might not all be first round draft picks, but it doesn't mean that they can't play like a first round draft pick or they can't be, you know, one of the better players on this team just because they weren't drafted in the first round. So, um, yeah, overall, I just, I feel really good about things. Obviously, you know, the depth at tackle is a concern, but Outside of that, um, I'm not entirely worried about a lot of things. Like, obviously, the line, there's still some question marks about. And that's something that, obviously, I think we're all going to continue to keep eyes on over the next two weeks. But when someone like John Michael Schmitz, as a rookie, steps in and looks pretty good, it's got to make you feel a little bit of relief of, like, okay, we're getting there. We're making progress. We're moving steps forward. So um, I'm going to round it out with that so I don't keep rambling for the next 45 minutes. But uh, as always, stay tuned. So I'll be back with a recap episode a week from today on Monday. We will talk about the Panthers game, and then we will preview the final preseason game um, before we get ready for week one, which is crazy. So thank you guys for listening. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on YouTube or subscribe on whatever platform you listen to your podcast on. I'd love it if you'd share it with a friend or family member who's also a Giants fan. Um, 
And, you know, let's be excited about this season and continue to talk Giants. So thanks, you guys. I will be back next week.